Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So I'm so happy that all of you have made it back to uh, take a listen to what I've been researching this week. And boy, what a week it has been, I must say. <laughs> I think I speak for everybody when I when I say that it's it's been kind of crazy. But you know, we're here to talk about some good stuff. So let's talk about some really, really good stuff. Let's keep those vibrations high, shall we? All the positive emotions, all the positive feelings. So I want to talk about the crystals of the week and I had a really cool subject just because a few weeks ago we had an episode on the wheel of the year and we're coming into a new season of the wheel of the year. So I'm I'm just dying to tell you all about it. But first, but first, of course, we'll talk about the crystals of the week. So let's see. The crystals that I have researched for you are aquamarine and bloodstone. So aquamarine, the colors that it comes in are green and blue. And the appearance of aquamarine are clear to opaque, often small and tumbled or faceted. It's not rare, so you can find it at pretty much any shop that you look in. You can find aquamarine in the United States, Mexico, Russia, Brazil, India, Ireland, Zimbabwe, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Attributes of aquamarine is it is the stone of courage. It's calming, it energizes and reduces stress and quiets the mind. It harmonizes its surroundings and protects against pollutants. In ancient times, it was believed to counteract the forces of darkness and procure favor from the spirits of light. It was carried by sailors as a talisman against drowning. Psychologically, aquamarine has an affinity with sensitive people. It has the power to invoke tolerance of others. It overcomes judgmentalism gives support to anyone who is overwhelmed by responsibility and encourages taking responsibility for oneself. It creates a personality that is upright, persistent, and dynamic. It breaks old self-defeating programs. Aquamarine calms the mind, removing extraneous thought. It filters information reaching the brain and clarifies perception. It sharpens the intellect and clears up confusion. With its ability to bring unfinished business to a conclusion, Aquamarine is useful for closure on all levels. It clears blocked communication and promotes self-expression. This stone is helpful in understanding underlying emotional states and interpreting how you feel. It soothes fears and increases sensitivity. Spiritually, aquamarine sharpens intuition and opens clairvoyance. A wonderful stone for meditation, it invokes high states of consciousness and spiritual awareness and encourages service to humanity. Aquamarine shields the aura and aligns the chakras, 
clearing the throat chakra and bringing communication from a higher plane. It also aligns the physical and spiritual bodies. For healing, aquamarine is useful for sore throats, swollen glands, and thyroid problems. It harmonizes the pituitary and the thyroid, regulating hormones and growth. This stone has a general tonic effect. It strengthens the body's cleansing organs and aids the eyes, jaw, teeth, and stomach. It is useful for counteracting short or long-sightedness and calms overreactions of the immune system and autoimmune disease, such as hay fever. To position this stone the best way, you want to hold or place it as appropriate and can be placed on the eyes or used as an elixir. I'm going to research that one a little bit further. I didn't do it for this episode, but I've seen this quite a few times with putting stones and making them as an elixir. My immediate thought is to put it in water, like a water bottle, but for the next show, I will have that ready for you all. So that is aquamarine. The next stone that we're going to talk about is bloodstone, aka heliotrope. The color that bloodstone comes in is red-green. Its appearance is green quartz flecked with red or yellow jasper, an often medium tumbled stone. It's ready available, so it's not very rare, and you can find it in usually any crystal shop. It's sourced out of Australia, Brazil, China, the Czech Republic, Russia, and India. Attributes of bloodstone are, as its name suggests, bloodstone is an excellent blood cleanser and a powerful healer. It is believed to have mystical and magical properties, controlling the weather and conferring the ability to banish evil and negativity, and to direct spiritual energies. In ancient times, bloodstone was said to have been an audible oracle, giving off sounds as a means of guidance. It heightens the intuition and increases creativity. An excellent grounding and protecting stone Bloodstone keeps out undesirable influences. It stimulates dreaming and is a powerful revitalizer. Psychologically, bloodstone gives courage and teaches how to avoid dangerous situations by strategic withdrawal and flexibility. It encourages selflessness and idealism and aids the recognition that chaos precedes transformation. Bloodstone assists you in acting in the present moment. Mentally, bloodstone calms the mind, dispels confusion, and enhances the decision-making process. It can revitalize the mind if you are mentally exhausted. This stone assists in adjusting to unaccustomed circumstances. Emotionally, bloodstone helps in grounding the heart energy. It reduces irritability, aggressiveness, and impatience. Spiritually, bloodstone assists in bringing spirituality into everyday life. I think this one is a really, really good stone for (laughs) what's been going on right now, especially with the mentally exhausted and adjusting to unaccustomed circumstances. I think we all should have a little bit of bloodstone in our lives. I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, let's continue. To utilize bloodstone in healing, bloodstone is an energy cleanser and immune stimulator. For acute infections, it stimulates the flow of lymph and the metabolic processes, revitalizes and re-energizes when body and mind are exhausted. It purifies blood and detoxifies the liver, intestines, kidneys, spleen, and bladder. 
Bloodstone benefits blood-rich organs, regulates and supports blood flow, and aids the circulation. It reduces the formation of pus and neutralizes over-acidifications. It is helpful in cases of leukemia as it supports the blood and removes toxins. The ancient Egyptians used it to shrink tumors. Bloodstone can be used to heal the ancestral line. It cleanses the lower chakras and realigns their energies. You want to position bloodstone as appropriate where continually for good health, place it in a bowl of water beside the bed to ensure peaceful sleep. And it's also as an immune stimulator tape over the thymus. I imagine you could probably make a necklace out of it also if you didn't want to tape it to your thymus, seeing as I actually looked this up. So the thymus is actually kind of where your sternum is in your chest. So I imagine if you wanted to put it in a necklace, that might be a little bit more comfortable than tape. But anyway, so all this information was retrieved from the Crystal Bible by Judy Hall. Now, moving on to the quotes of the week. I have two. So, the first one is by Marianne Williamson. And she says, Ego says, Once everything falls into place, I'll feel peace. Spirit says, Find your peace, and then everything will fall into place. The next quote is by Thaddeus Golas, author of Love and Pain and The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. And he says, The saying is, the truth will make you free, not that it will make you comfortable. And now, my friends, let us move on to the topic of the week. And I know I almost kind of dove in right at the beginning there, but but I know I I tried to stay on with with the progression of things. So the next thing that's coming up here is Ostera. And Ostera is basically the spring equinox. And I looked up a little bit more as to what this is. And I got this information from www.northernpaganism.org forward slash shrines forward slash Ostera forward slash about dot html. And what they say in here is Ostera or Iostre or Iestra, I don't know if I'm saying that right, so please correct me if I am wrong and you know the answer to that, is the Germanic goddess of spring and dawn. She is only mentioned once in scholarly writings of the period. Bede, B-E-D-E, I'm not sure how they pronounce that, but Bede, Bede, is <laughs> a monk. Uh, the monk states that during Eostramonath, the old Anglo-Saxon name for April, the pagan Anglo-Saxons helped festivals in her honor. 200 years later in Germany, in his life of Charlemagne, a monk named Einhard gives the old name for April as Osteramonath. She's also mentioned in a number of inscriptions in Germany and the modern holiday of Easter. Originally the name for the spring equinox, but later subsumed to the Paschal calendar for the Christian resurrection holiday, is named for her. The name Eostre, Old Germanic Ostera, is related to that of Eos, the Greek goddess of dawn, and both can be traced back to a Proto-Indo-European goddess of dawn. Her material is so scant that some scholars have speculated that she was not a goddess at all, but simply an invention of Bide. 
but it is unlikely that someone as heathenphobic as Bide would have gone about inventing goddesses. He seems to have preferred to keep all things pagan at arm's length. Some scholars have also decided, rather randomly and on scant information, that Austera is a form of Freya. Now, if you guys don't know who Freya is, she is a Norse goddess, I believe the wife of Odin. Others believe that she's actually Aduna or Walburga. I don't know who those are. Please forgive me. There was only so much research I could do for one podcast. <laughs> Let's continue. Some modern heathens and Norse pagans have experienced personal gnosis of Austera Eostre being a Vanic goddess or at least very close to the veneer, which is why we list her in this section. But again, there's no evidence that Ostera's origins continue to remain a mystery. Her true mystery, however, is evident every year. She is the first warm spring winds, the birds that return, the trees that bud and curl forth leaves and flowers. She is the awakening earth, rabbits and hares, the eggs that appear after a winter of no light. City folk may not know that chickens who are kept in natural lighting quit laying in the winter when the days are short and begin again as the days lengthen. March and April is their peak time of year, and those eggs were a valued and welcome protein source for our winter-starved ancestors. Ostera's legacy is all those colored eggs in which many of us still hang on trees every year. Jacob Grimm, in his Teutonic Mythology, maintained that Ostera Iastre was goddess of the growing light of spring. Holy water in the form of the dew, or water collected from books, was gathered at this time. Washing with it was said to restore youth. Beautiful maidens in sheer white were said to be seen frolicking in the countryside. Also, according to Grimm, the white maiden of Osterode was said to appear with a large batch of keys at her belt and stride to the brook to collect water on Easter morning. Ostera is usually experienced as a young maiden, as Ember Cook writes, old enough to bear children, but not a mother. She is wreathed in flowers or new greenery and often dances. She is often joyous, but can just as easily turn suddenly solemn, like the spring weather that can quickly turn to rain. Like spring itself, she is capricious, innocent, and knowing by turns. The next article that I looked up, I got this off of www.goddessandgreenman.co.uk forward slash austera. And this one goes on to say that austera is a point of perfect balance on the journey through the wheel of the year. Night and day are of equal length and in perfect equilibrium, dark and light, masculine and feminine, inner and outer in balance. But the year is now waxing, and at this moment, light defeats the dark. The natural world is coming alive. The sun is gaining in strength, and the days are becoming longer and warmer. The gentle whispered promise of Imbolc is fulfilled in the evident and abundant fertility of the earth at Ostera. It is time for the hopes of Imbolc to become action. The energy is expansive and exuberant. It is the first day of spring. Ostera takes its name after the Germanic goddess Eostre or Ostera, who was traditionally honored in the month of April with festivals to celebrate fertility, renewal, and rebirth. It was from Eostre that the Christian celebration of Easter evolved, and indeed the naming of the hormone estrogen essential to women's fertility. The symbols of Ostera are the hair, 
in Celtic tradition, the hare is sacred to the goddess and is the totem animal of lunar goddesses such as Hecate, Freya, and Holda. The hare is a symbol for the moon. The goddess most closely associated with the hare is Eostre or Ostera. The date of the Christian Easter is determined by the phase of the moon. The nocturnal hare, so closely associated with the moon, which dies every morning and is resurrected every evening, also represents the rebirth of nature in spring. Both the moon and the hare were believed to die daily in order to be reborn. Thus, the hare is a symbol of immortality. It is also a major symbol for fertility and abundance, as the hare can conceive while pregnant. Over the centuries, the symbol of the hare at Ostera has become the Easter bunny who brings eggs to children on Easter morning, the Christian day of rebirth and resurrection. Hare hunting was taboo, but because the date of Easter is determined by the moon together with the hare's strong lunar associations, hare hunting was a common Easter activity in England and also at Beltane. The egg and all seeds contains all potential, full of promise and new life. It symbolizes the rebirth of nature, the fertility of the earth and all creation. In many traditions, the egg is a symbol for the whole universe. The cosmic egg contains a balance of male and female, light and dark, in the egg yolk and egg white. The golden orb of the yolk represents the sun god, enfolded by the white goddess. Perfect balance, so it is particularly appropriate to Ostera and the spring equinox, when all is in balance for just a moment, although the underlying energy is one of growth and expansion. So that is mostly what Ostera is all about, is balance. And how funny that the most recent episode that we had was all about balance. So in preparation for this Ostera, this spring equinox, we find our balance. We find how to bring our most important parts of ourselves into balance so that we can be ready for a more outward, more warmer energy. So I felt like it was appropriate to maybe do another meditation, seeing as we did a meditation for in bulk. And there we were just starting to wake up and just starting to emerge from winter and emerge from everything being quiet and everything being cold and alone. But now we're emerging into a time where we're starting to wake up and we're starting to find our balance with everything. I had a really good experience with this particular meditation. I hope that you guys find it just as wonderful and balancing as as I have. So what I'll do is I'll begin and all I want you to do is find a place to sit down. If you're already sitting down, if you're maybe in the car, this is a great time to do it too. Just obviously keep your eyes open. <laughs> but ideally, it's a great place to be inside, which I'm sure a lot of you are right now. So what you're going to do is you're going to find a comfortable seat and sit upright with your hands resting comfortably on your knees, thighs, or in your lap. And you're going to close your eyes and you're going to settle into your body. Inhale deeply. A long, deep breath. And now exhale deeply. 
Again, inhale so deeply. Fill up your lungs. And exhale it all out. Releasing all of your negativity, all of the stress. Inhale once more. Deep and even. And exhale out everything from your lungs. Settle into your body. Let the business of your day fade away. As you sit, imagine a chain or even a rope that is coiled up in your heart chakra. The ends of this chain begin to drop through your solar plexus, through your sacral plexus, and through your root chakra. Down, down, into the earth, and further until it reaches the center of the earth, the heart of Gaia, Mother Earth. Take brief notice of the color of your chain or rope. Now, travel upward to your crown. Imagine a white flower and watch it slowly open to the heavens. A bright white beam of light enters through your now open crown chakra and travel down to your heart. Now, imagine a bright glowing hand taking hold of the end of your chain that is anchoring you to the earth. As this white hand takes hold of the chain, imagine your chain turns to bright gold at your heart center and all the way down to the heart of Gaia. Your heart glows bright green with healing, compassion, and loving light. You are perfectly and completely balanced. You are grounded and stable upon the earth, confident in who you are in love and light. You are also connected to the divine, the heavenly realms that grant you the capacity for higher knowledge and sight. You speak a more wiser and personal truth and are filled with the higher vibrational energy of all that is sacred and divine. All opposing parts of you have found a profound equanimity. Your masculine and feminine are at peace and sit together hand in hand in this safe and sacred space. You are balanced and whole in complete peace and abundance. Rest here and know that you are headed in the right direction. Rest here and know that you 
are a beacon for all that is good in life. You are light, love, peace, and compassion. You are safe and protected. You are home. Okay. When you are ready, you can open your eyes and take in all the abundance of your balanced, more perfect self. And I want to leave you all with this, that you have the capacity to be greater and to be more whole and more healthy and to be exactly who you were meant to be. It is all within you. Take time each day to celebrate the things that you have and celebrate each breath that you take. And know that you are surrounded in love and light and that this is only the beginning of the greater good that's coming. We're all here together, so let's be in love and light together. And I truly appreciate and love every single one of you that take the time to listen. And I cannot wait to talk at you all next week. In love and in light, I'll see you soon. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.